Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. I am Chops, and with me is my ever-faithful P.E.T. Faithful? My faithful pet. I mean, I'll take pet, but oh, I just okay. don't, I don't feel like faithful is the right, right word. Fine, whatever, Craig. That's fine. It's Craig WK. He's <laughs> not faithful. Or is, Are you loyal? Probably not. No, all right. Well, I'll take servant. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Scheming, right. manipulative servant. Yeah. That's I mean, right. I didn't say those words. Oh, but I am. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, this week we're talking about Mega Man Battle Network for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, so released on the Game Boy Advance by Capcom on October 31st, 2001, this real-time tactical role-playing game tells the story of Lan and his net navy Mega Man.exe as they get involved with an organization that seeks to utilize computer viruses for crime. It is... It was released after Mega Man Legends, and it was kind of a departure from that series. Mm -hmm. KJ Inafune kind of wanted something a little bit different, but still role-playing elements. And I remember getting this game and falling in love with it immediately. So when did you first play it? When it came out. Oh, like right as it came out? Right when it came So 2001, I'm... I don't know how old I am. I can't do math. Anyways, I'm old (laughs) enough to, to like... Really be invested in video mm-hmm. games now, and and I have a more of a, a focus and taste. We'll yeah. say, and this is right in in that sweet spot of games that I played and I beat to death and just played everything on it. Mm-hmm. Got all the stuff unlocked. Couldn't wait till the next game came out. And the Game Boy Advance era was probably the games I played the most because they were portable. I took yeah. them on trips. I played them in school, like mm-hmm. anywhere that I could. And so I got this game when it first came out and played the crap out of it. I was in school at the time. <laughs> okay. And uh, a kid, uh, I, I don't remember who it was who had this, but a friend of mine was like, oh, this is the new Mega Man Battle Network. Do you want to give it a shot? And I was like, well, all right, sure. And they were like, oh, it's like a Mega Man role-playing game. And I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. I can live with something like that. And I got into a battle and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and they were like, oh, it's this real time. And I flung it back at them. Really? I want, You don't like real time I'm games. not a big fan. Well, I don't mind real time games in general in the sense that, like, you're, you know, it's action or whatever. But when it's like a real time strategy or real time RPG, uh, uh, yeah, like real time RPG. I don't know. I just, like, I don't really like that. I, I, I want it to be turn based. Well, and, and like, Comparatively to from a game genre that was action platformer mm-hmm. to the PlayStation and N sixty four era, which was a three D like adventure uh, game, adventure basically, game. yeah, with RPG elements to a turn based no no uh, real time uh, sorry real time tactical tactical role playing game where Mega Man and your enemy you're on a six by three grid system. Each of you share each of you have your own three by three part of that six by three and you move around using chips, which are essentially move sets. Um 
against the enemy to de- to delete them or erase them because they're considered viruses. And mm-hmm. and it's it's drastically different. Yes, like, it is. Like it's about as different as if they took Mario and made it into a racing game. I think that's a, that's a big difference there. Except for one is a little bit, I would say, better executed. Mm-hmm. I would say overall. I don't think the Battle Network is a series of games that that is wildly popular. Well, here's the thing. I I honestly think that I'm in a little bit of a minority here. Really, I, I think that a lot of people really enjoyed it. Well, especially younger people who got into the Battle Network series because it had like an anime. It did. It had its own anime. It you know had well, this the game art, series, the style, the art style. So like the sprites themselves looked really good, but the characters, how they looked in like drawings, they look pretty good. They they look like anime characters. They yeah. look great. And the the other interesting thing too is a lot of the characters were designed with a little bit more of a simplistic look. Yes, because they wanted kids to be able to like draw them and and you know and and get really into it and stuff. So yeah, I mean. All in all, this was a very successful game series because they made quite a few of them. Yeah, they aimed made at like young, younger six audience. Six or seven of them, I think. Something like that. Yeah. But also, like it, at the time this came out, two thousand and one, the game plays heavily on the I'll say the popularity of the internet, uh-huh. and I think that's a huge piece of it too because it it kind of captured the moment of that era of two thousands when technology was rapidly increasing the internet was rapidly growing mm-hmm. and thinking of capabilities and possibilities of what the internet can offer yeah. this game is basically saying hey we have these ai characters that can physically roam the internet and interact in mm-hmm. almost like a cyber city yeah and that's i mean honestly like you know it's gonna sound really weird but almost think something like club penguin yeah. Where it's sort of this like little like little world that your little avatar can run around in. And you know, there's plenty of games that emulate that, and there's plenty of online services that do. And so this was just sort of, yeah, it was really playing on that being popular, as well as kind of like the card battle. Yeah, games card battle at the time. And, and forums, like like uh, chat rooms mm-hmm. in AOL time. That's kind of what this is too, because it does a lot of that chat room based stuff when it's uh, there's like a there's like a message board system in mm-hmm. the game, which they're all pre-made. It's not like real stuff. But it gives you information on what's happening in the world and what people mm-hmm. are talking about, and what so maybe someone's looking for something. It, it plays into that social aspect really well. Yeah, and it's weird. This does not fit in a modern day like society. Like it is nothing. The internet is nothing like this. And it's it's kind of funny to see this game nowadays. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it it plays into the popularity of the internet of its time, and I think it, it capitalized really well on that. And yeah, and and I guess I since you're in the minority, I didn't know it was that popular of a game. I mean, I don't think it's like none of my friends bought this. I was the only one who ever bought this game. I don't think that this was like a game series that like revolutionized like no. you know anything or whatever. No, no, it didn't. But I do think that there it has a, a pretty strong following uh, in in young in a in a grouping that is younger than me. Yeah, and like you said with the card system, like there was ga- there was um uh, Yu-Gi-Oh games on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. There was Pokemon, Pokemon, I mean that was on oh, the color, yeah. but that that was this this is the system right after that. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, popularity of of trading card games for sure, I think 
played a big piece in this. Yeah, because I mean that's one of the gimmicks of Mega Man Battle Network is the fact that you know you get these like car- like you know you can shoot your regular attack at these enemies as you have like you know, each side. Yeah, yeah, because each side has like nine squares, and so you move around on the grid, and certain enemy attacks will attack certain squares, and so you have to learn how to avoid them. Blah blah blah, you know stuff like that. But you know, you can do your regular shot, but it's going to take you forever. So what you do is you have these cards lined up. Battle chips. Battle chips is what they refer to them as in the game. But they're essentially like, you know, similar to like drawing cards. And you have all these effects that you put into your deck, so to speak. And, uh, you know, some of them are like, you know, you do like, you know, bonus damage or whatever. Yeah. You know, different buffs. Like, or, like can there's like high cannon, which is like a bigger buster shot. Yeah. And, and basically your your chips are representations of the viruses you delete. So for a hot second, there's a cannon that shows up uh, that you use. There's a mm-hmm. there's a meta. um what are they called? The the meta guys, the oh Mets, Mets, the Mets guys, and there's like one where it's like Met Shockwave, where like a heap uh, the guys you fight are Mets with pickaxes, uh-huh. and they shoot like shockwaves at you, and you beat them. Well, Mega Man pulls out a pickaxe and then <laughs> shoots a shockwave. That's pretty cool. So it's fun stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but there's also a limit to what you could have in your deck, we'll say, mm-hmm. and it's all based on technology. So the so Mega Man, like you said in the beginning, is Mega Man EXE, and I love Rockman EXE because that's what he is in Japan. Yeah, He's a artificial intelligence, and instead of robot masters, they're programs, artificial intelligences. They're, mm-hmm. they're net navvies, as they're called. And you have, like, memory for them, which defines how many battle chips of certain kinds that you can have on Mega Man at a time to yep. use in battle. Yeah, and so like, you know, your one of the rival kids has Gutsman yeah. as uh, uh you know a net navvy. Uh the girl, I think it's the girl that you like is Roll yep. and Mail, I think her name is. M A Y L E or something, Maylee, I don't know. Mm. Millie? Millie, maybe? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, so, like, you you have all this stuff going on. You, you know, you have, like, a your your father's, like, a scientist, of course, who, yeah, who his, works. <laughs> he's, like, the light. He's the Dr. Light of the, of this series. We well, you know the gag, right? Uh, I, Lan Hikari is his name. Yeah. Hikari is Japanese for light. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the gag. Okay. <laughs> So, and then of course you have Doctor Wiley, who's a part of this criminal organization. W three, but it's just WWW <laughs> worldwide. Yeah, uh, and yeah, W three is this like cr- you know criminal organization that's using you know net navvies to do like online piracy. So, well, so the 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 gimmick is that like. Mm-hmm. Since they're interacting in this like physical cyberspace, if your net navvies or things take too much damage, da- your data takes too much damage, it can er- get erased. It gets and corrupted so, or whatever. Yeah, so okay. these viruses, which are being pushed out by Wiley to erase other net navvies and people's data. So that he can, can get into their systems yeah, into their and systems, steal yes. money or whatever, yeah. steal data. Uh, yeah, I mean, so that's sort of the, the overall premise there. Uh, for the kind of the story, but 
I mean, like I, I watched a little bit of the anime. Yeah. Uh, uh, just uh, actually a couple days ago. Oh, okay. When we were doing research for it, I had never watched the anime when I was younger. I've only watched a couple episodes too. I haven't really committed to it. It was so very much like Yu-Gi-Oh and oh, all yeah, these I others. Bet. It was you know like you know young boy has you know doesn't have his own net navy or, or has a very like you know subpar one or whatever it is, and it's like oh no, I can't beat this kid's guts, man, and it's like oh. Oh, well, here's your new net navy. It's Mega Man.exe, and he's so great and cool. And Mega Man's like, Come on, Lan, let's go ahead and I don't know, bust heads or whatever. And Lan's like, All right, oh no, criminal, you know. And so, like, it's just real cheesy kids anime stuff. Well, because it's, it's the, the premise is like, he, Mega Man isn't doing anything without Lan. It's not like right. Mega Man's running around in the real world. You have this kid who's uh-huh. in like high, in like elementary school. Running around the real world and then has to, excuse the language, jack in to introduce Mega Man into this this internet-based cyber city. So, and and it's like everything is tied to the internet, which is kind of a cool foreshadow because everything is tied into the internet these days. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I think there was like a, a lamp or like just like real inanimate objects that have access to the the web. And I'm like... Wow, that's that's kind of where we have light bulbs that are tied to Wi-Fi now. Like, yeah, it's yeah. so weird how how accurate some of this is. I mean, people have like their heating system set up to the internet where they can control it from from, from their away phones, from home. Yeah, yeah from their phones and, and stuff. our phones are essentially the pet navvies that they had. They're they're Palm Pilots or PDAs that they used in there. I yeah, I think that I I. You know, to to me, Mega Man Battle Network doesn't really mean a whole heck of a lot. You know, I didn't get into the game. I, you know, when I was a kid, I, well, I was already almost pretty much an adult at that time. I was in early high school. 16 at that time. Yeah, you know, exactly. And so, you know, to me, Mega Man Battle Network isn't all that crazy. But for anyone younger who played Mega Man Battle Network when it was like coming out and it was just hitting that internet age, that had to be a very uh, sort of you know, kind of uh, sort of a, sh- a sign of the times type of game to go into this internet age and be young playing this game, kind of depicting your future. I mean, it probably does mean a lot to a whole heck of a lot of people because does, of that. It does to me. It's almost like my coming of age Mega Man. Like, mm-hmm. I know that there's probably a game series like Earthbound, which was like your coming of age role playing game. Oh, sure. That, that hit at that right at that right time, just like with music and movies for people where they define their interests in mm-hmm. things a lot. This game helped me define my interests in my love for role playing games, my love for Mega Man, and I love strategy in video games. I love being able to figure out the optimal way to beat this guy or the, the being able to like construct things that help me develop my style and, and play the game how I want to express myself. It's funny that you bring up Earthbound because I mean, you know, Earthbound, you know, has no internet. It shows a world where, you know, it's just sort of you wandering around the countryside and stuff. And honestly, like when I was quite a bit younger, I mean, you know, I didn't have the internet until I was in like middle school, you know, I mean, and and to be honest, like I did play quite a bit of video games when I was a kid, but when I was it's like quite a bit younger. My mom didn't want me playing nothing but video games. Right. Like when I was in high school, sure, at that point it was just sort of like, all right, whatever, you're going to do what you want. You're an, pretty much an adult now. But you know, when I was a kid, I mean, I played outside quite a lot, you know, which is funny to think about because I'm a giant nerd. Right. But you know, it was me running around using my imagination. And so, like, yeah, a game like Earthbound does really kind of, 
you know, give me a lot of nostalgia for my youth growing up Your and adventures. stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so for for a lot of people who were growing up in this internet age, yeah, Battle Network is probably really a, you know, like I mentioned earlier, a sign of the times. It was sort of, you know, your era of growing up yeah. and like what you were going into and stuff. And so, yeah, that's, it's interesting that you brought up that. But I, yeah, so, you know, you, you run around through this game with, you know, because you you as Lan run around in the regular world and talk to people and learn things and you know trigger missions or whatever. Yeah, trigger. solve puzzles like you uh-huh. know it's internet based, so there's like power puzzles that you sure, solve a yeah. lot of. Um, there's like weird barriers in cyberspace that you beat as Mega Man that clear physical barriers in the real oh. world, which is kind of weird. Uh, think of it as like. Uh, a sprinkler system that you can't turn off. Well, Mega Man can go into the system from this. Destroy the virus. Destroy the virus that's that's running it, and then that sprinkler system, things like that. That's a neat mechanic. And and that's pretty cool because there's that interaction with Mega Man and the villains in the cyber world where he's able to beat them, and then there's the interaction with Lan and the adults who are running these nitnavies, which is really weird Mm -hmm. uh, if you think about it. It's kind of like the the Team Rocket and and Ash kind of thing. But yeah, all the more Pokemon references thrown in there because that's kind of what they were pulling from. But that's what this is. So KJ, so so a huge thing on this is that. Uh, let me find it in my notes here. Yeah, KJ Nofune was kind of setting out to make a game like. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and and stuff like that, right? Yeah, so he wanted this game because they they pushed away from the specific style of Mega Man originally because they wanted to play off of the success that Nintendo had in general with the Pokemon series. Yeah, because they were sticking with their action platformers, and then they went to this role playing style game uh, with Pokemon. So this was kind of his idea of we need to do something like that. Uh, Mega Man Legends didn't really work out as well as they wanted it to, so we're going to do a 180, but we're going to follow what's been working, and that's Pokemon. And I think this has a good feel of it. The the battle chips are are Pokemon collecting-esque. Like, there's 174 chips you can get in the game. There was 150 Pokemon. You know, you build your team out both on both styles, but ones with Pokemon, ones with chips. Mm -hmm. So it's it's they're very similar, but you know, but I don't, I don't think I wouldn't consider them the same game style. Uh, I, I, and I don't have a good reason why. I mean, no, I, I don't think that they're, they're. I mean, like you know, they're, they're certainly different, you know, by quite a bit. But there are some similarities, though. It is funny. I, I will say, I have a note on my phone here. Are you ready for it? Absolutely. Uh, describing the game, it says online antics ensue. Lessons about friendship are forged. Trust in the heart of the cards. Make sure to catch them all, kids. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it is very reminiscent of those style of games, and very reminiscent of like you know the animes that sort of accompanied them. Yeah, they told lessons in, in this game. Yeah, but I mean, anime. but like almost less than lessons. It was more like you know showing like. Hey kids, determination can help you get through this. And it was like, yeah, we got it. And then episode seventeen was like, hey kids, do you still remember that determination will get yeah, you yeah, through the, it? It's the, like, yeah, it, yeah, it was we got the, it. The flowing arc throughout the whole series. Yeah, basically, you. you know, that's at least the 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 vibe I'm getting from from what I've researched and and what I've learned. And I mean, even though it's not a game for me because I'm not into that real time system, you know, I, the the battle system doesn't do it for me in this. 
I, I mean, I have to give a lot of credit because, I mean, they made like seven of them, like you said. Yeah, you know? the, they made the, a ton of them. The three that I, the first three that I played, I think I may have played four. So there was one on the GameCube, and then I played the three Game Boy Advance ones. But then mm-hmm. it kind of like jumped the shark, and they went a little bit crazy with it, and I, I just dropped off. I mean, of they it. eventually had to, right? Like, yeah. uh, how many times can you be like, oh, hey, hackers are getting in into the Pentagon. Yeah. What are we going to do? You know, oh, let's go into well, the internet and fight them. You they know? started going the route of. Pokemon, where they had two oh, yeah. different ones. That was another they went, uh, similarity like, Mega to Man Red and Mega Man Battle Network two red and blue, and they went with like Mega Man Star Battle Network Star Force and something else. Like uh-huh. they went different routes like that Moon too, Patrol. and it was just like okay, uh, now it's getting a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But the game has the first eight Mega Man. Um, Bosses, the, the the first eight robots, except for Cutman. I was going to say, yeah, there's does. no Cutman in there's one. no Cutman. So in the game, you have Fireman, and they're all .exe, which I really I love that. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just love it. So you have Fireman, Numberman, Gutsman, Stoneman, Iceman, Colorman, Electman, Protoman, Bombman, Magicman, and each of them are accompanied by a person. Did you say Shadow Man? Because wasn't he in the first so, one? So, but though, but then there's three hidden ones. Oh. Shadow Man. Pharaoh Man and Bass. Bass's design looks really, really he cool. Is, so he gets even cooler the second game. But even in Shadow Man's Shadow Man looks remake really is so cool. That's also, the thing that I love about this game is the reimagining of these of these robot masters. I love their sprites in the first ones, and I love them in this game. As a side note, yeah. I do feel like Shadow Man.exe mm-hmm. sounds like a like a uh, like a, a Trojan virus. It totally does. Like set up by an edgelord. Like this is shadowman.exe. Ed- edgelord or like like uh, uh, like an anarchist uh, <laughs> a society, like whatever the Vendetta people are. I can't remember who those people are. So, uh, yeah, I, I will say the the art in this game is actually pretty good. Like there's some, some bosses I look at and I think, okay, I don't really like this one as much. Yeah, but Magic s- Man's kind of like, okay, he just looks like a magician. Stone Man looks like Stone just Man, a big like hunk a of rock. rock. Yeah. yeah, he's not especially Number cool. Man, though, is kind of cool looking. He reminds me of a mix of like... Uh, um, uh, Danger Will Robinson. Uh, what am I thinking of? Oh, um, uh, uh, the uh, robot that's like Danger Will. Yeah, yeah. Danger, from, Danger. From, oh my God. Lost in space. Lost in space. Yes, thank you. And and, and a gumball machine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like serve serve bot from uh, for servo from uh, Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, so shout out to Yuji Ishihara, along with Shinsuke Komaki and Ryuji Higurashi, uh, who were the artists. Uh, yep. Because, yeah, the like some of them like Shadow Man and uh, uh, Bass, especially, those two stood out to me, look really, really cool. They're yeah. really kind of, like, dynamic. Uh, I mean, like, Bass is essentially just the way he looked in the old games, but he has, like, a, a, he has a cloak. cloak on, and it looks, his hands are all glowy and stuff. And yeah, it's like, he has, oh, like, purple cool. energy that radiates from him, and he and he's the only one that isn't controlled by a human oh. in the game. He's an option. You said he was an optional boss, He's right? an optional boss, so you have to collect all 170 um, three battle chips, and he gives you the seventy one hundred seventy four. Yes, and you can actually you can actually get his chip, but only from a special event. And I don't, and I couldn't look up details on if that was a outside special event or an internal special event in the game. I couldn't remember if it was oh. or not. But each boss that you beat, you get a chip of theirs. Okay, uh, based on your ability to beat them. 
So oh. you're timed on how well, on how fast you beat them. And it, and there's the other factors like how much damage do you take that play into your ranking on each battle. Interesting. So the faster you beat a guy and the less damage you take, the higher rank you get and the higher level of their chip that you can get. Hmm. Um, so for the bosses specifically, you get like Proto Man 1, 2, 3. Um, uh Gutsman, one, two, three. Okay. And they do more damage. It's the same move, but it's more damage. Oh, I got you. So the, the faster you are, the better you are, the more. The better chip you're going to get. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. And just the the way that their personalities are in the game, the encountering, it's it's random encounter, which not a lot of people like because um, you run around well, this It's a pretty world. standard role-playing um, game thing, especially from back then, though. And then you, you unlock their chips, but then you also can upgrade Mega Man. There's okay. different armor you can get for him. There's a woodman.exe, skullman. I'm, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. These are actual net navies. I was looking at the wrong one. But there's a wood uh, wood armor, uh, aqua armor, and flame armor. And what oh. it does is it changes the attribute of Mega Man. So wood does more damage to water-based enemies. Fire does more damage to wood-based enemies. And um, water does more damage to fire-based enemies. And then you, your 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 Buster Shot changes. Oh, um, and you can get more health from them, and there's other effects and stuff like that. But then, yeah, there was also optional net navvies were Woodman, Skullman, and Sharkman. So you could fight as them. You could fight them. You could fight them. Oh, fight them! Yeah, those okay. were other bosses that were in the game as well. Sharkman, I wanted to like, but his weird, goofy hand fins look really bizarre. Yeah, his his design. I yeah, both love and hate it. Really weird. Mostly just the hand fin things. That just I don't know. That was really weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. But uh, shout out to anyone who might not be as familiar with Battleman, uh, Mega Man Battle Network. Yes. Not Battleman. I don't know what that is. Sounds like an '80s cartoon line. Something. Uh, or '80s toy line. Uh, but yeah, the the art is really good in uh, in these games. And like I said, you know, some some of the pieces, you know, some of the characters, I just think like, ah, eh, it's just okay. But but all in all, yeah, the the uh, you know like Flame Man, Elect Man, you know, there's some really cool looking bosses in this game. Yeah, I was surprised when I first played it. I just got bit by that bug of of strategy and role playing yeah. elements. I, I was sucked in with Pokemon, and this sucked in with uh, sucked me in too. Um, but I played this game a lot. It really. It is difficult when you're trying to fight these higher level bosses to mm -hmm. unlock their stuff. While trying not to get damaged, like the 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 battlefield is a it is real time strategy, yeah. but the way it works is you're moving around the grid. You're confined to your three by three box, and then you have a gauge at the top, and you don't choose your next set of weapons until that gauge fills up. So you're either shooting guys with your buster or dodging from being hit. Yeah, and when you are fighting Pharaoh Man, uh huh. <laughs> He has two sarcophagus that stand in front of him, uh, stand one square to his right or left, and mm -hmm. then in front of him. So it's in the row in front of him. And then there's holes in the battlefield that do not recover or fill up, and there's two holes on each side. So there's two spots you can't stand in on, on the maps. Oh. And then his sarcophagus open up and shoot beams out of them, <laughs> and they go through the whole length of the floor. So like if you're, and they follow you. So if you're standing in one spot too long, one will move into your row and shoot a beam at you, and then you have to move to a different area. Well, then you're also damn it, uh, um, dodging his attacks at the same time. So like there's some pretty cool strategy involved in the game that yeah. makes it pretty difficult to get those S ranks to get those high level chips. Mm -hmm. Um so the game was challenging enough for me 
to want to keep playing and keep trying to get these things. While also, when you have chips and you have certain combinations of them, they combine into one super chip. Oh. So, like, there's a move that's called, like, uh, partner navy or whatever, and it's when you have, like, a sword attack, a wide sword, and a proto-man chip, it turns into a that, that, that partner navy one where Mega Man and Proto Man appear on the screen and shoot and swipe swords at the same time with each other. That's pretty cool. So there's just these really unique combinations of mm-hmm. things that was enough to fulfill my love for Mega Man and then love for role-playing games. Yeah, no, that's, that is awesome. I... Uh... I, I, I didn't realize there was quite that much depth to the game because yeah. when I played it, it was just sort of I, I like looked at it, played it for a minute, and was just like, oh no, this ain't for me. You got to give it some time, and and it does get slow, just like with any role playing game. Sure, like, there's always some slow moments in RPGs. Like, the dumb small enemies over and over again, to, like right. grinding out grind chips out or whatever, stuff. and you can only like increase his health. And I think you can increase his damage output as Mega Man, but I think it's only spe- specific on the armor that you equip. Okay. Um, so there really isn't much else you do to Mega Man to make him better. Oh, and and I guess you can increase his memory size to hold more chips. Okay, is that level-based, like where you fight enough battles, you get experience and stuff? You, or is it you all find upgrades. You find oh. upgrades in the real world. In the, in the world. So there's a set amount of health upgrades you can find in the game, a set amount of hmm. memory upgrades you can find. I so gotcha. It's a it's an interesting game. They made a lot of games, like we had said, and then in the second game, and I didn't, I I don't know if we'll ever get to the second game, but I'm just gonna say this now. Mm-hmm. Going forward, there they did the Mega Man or the the Robot Master fan build contest. Oh, that's cool. Just like with the original Mega Man game. So, so, uh, so in the second game going that. on, there was a fan made character in there that was always with the same. Um, character that's been throughout the series. Oh, that's pretty neat. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool too that they stuck with that. Yeah, that's a pretty neat idea. Uh, now, I chops. I do want to ask. Uh, did you happen to look up anything on like you know speed running or? I did. Uh, so for this game, it has a few different categories. I'm going to uh-huh. talk about the any percent and the all chips speed run. Okay. So the any percent run is made it, first place is Dallas underscore exe. So it's D A L U S underscore exe, which I thought was kind of funny. I think it's a virus I've had on my computer. Before. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and he beat or they beat the game in one hour twenty minutes and fifty eight seconds. Wow! Just an hour. Just an hour for any percent. Cripes. But there is an all chips category. Oh, and it's the same more. person that did it. Same guy. Okay. And how long do you think it took him to do the all chips? It's 174 oh, chips. 174 chips. I don't know. Maybe uh, uh, eight hours. Three hours and seven minutes and 15 seconds. Wow. Which is impressive. I mean, yeah, I would you, say so. You only get them by effectively beating enemies. So essentially, he had to beat them as quick as possible and do everything perfect. Well, if you think about, you get the best one at S rank, but mm-hmm. so but there's three levels of chips for some of these guys. So that means you, you have to get, get an S rank, you have to get a middle rank, and you have to get a bad rank. Can you refight and there's, people? You can refight them. Oh. So a lot of them are are random encounters, or you go up to and approach them, uh, and you say, "Hey, I want to fight you," and then you fight them. Hmm. Um, and then other ones are chips that you get from specific areas in the game after you've unlocked them or done certain things in the game to get to that point. You'll pick hmm. them up as items in on the map. I gotcha. So. 
so it's it's fun when you see okay so i need to beat shadow man well i need to beat shadow man three times because i have to get all three of his chips yeah. and i have to beat him in fast enough time but slow enough time to get the first one right a uh, little bit faster to get the middle one and then the fastest possible to get the third one I'm sure too that you know when when you're speed running it, you probably have either listed or just memorized how fast, how much time you need to devote to each. But also, your chips are randomly generated into your each battle. Oh, right. Like so, it, you make your deck, deck. And, yeah, yeah, and you shuffle and you draw your cards. There's a few I think you can like save mm-hmm. as you always have, but you can't save a whole hand. Right. So you're just hoping that the ones that you do have stacked into that folder. Are ones that are going to be effective, and that you'll get enough of them to make them work. Hmm. Yeah, that's got to be tough when it comes to speed running because there's that random RNG element, yeah. and sometimes it might not work out in your favor, and other times it works out great. Right. I mean, you you probably stick to more consistent damage based ones like the high cannon or the sword attacks, or yeah. there's also like ones that like fill up your gauge faster or instantly to help you get new cards, things that make you turn invisible, make make auras around you so you don't take damage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all sorts of different uh, affecting chips in there to make it unique, but I'm sure that they figured out, like, okay, this is the most effective for this fast until I can get to this point in the game where I could fight this guy and then get his boss chip and use that over and over again. Because the Proto Man one is sweet because when you use it, he appears on the screen and then he teleports to the space directly in front of the enemy, swipes them for the damage, and then goes to the next one and swipes them. So as many enemies there are on that, enemy field mm-hmm. as long as there's a space in front of him he's going to land in front of them and deal his damage okay so hmm. it's a I, if you can tell i really like this game because <laughs> i've been talking a lot but it, it's it's i i i give it a i think people give it a i guess still i don't believe that you're in the minority i really don't believe. maybe i'm not i uh, i feel like i've seen online a lot of people talking about how much they enjoy Mega Man battle network mm-hmm. and you know people being like oh i want another battle network game so like maybe it's a very just a vocal fan base that mm-hmm. could uh, very well be the case could be uh, but yeah, I, I've I've always been under been under the impression like years ago I was like oh nobody likes these games, and then as time went by I was like why are there like seven of them? Right. Why are they keep Why do they keep coming out like in people just generation. kept buying? Yeah. yeah, you know. So, so and sh- like even in two thousand nine they did a remake of the game for the DS, oh. and it was called Mega Man Battle Network Operate Shooting Star. and they added more content to it. It was only released in Japan, ah, which is kind of poopy. But that is kind um, of poopy. Um, they added four. Let me see. Uh, oh no, it was a crossover for the Mega Man Star Force series, which had been released later on. But oh. they added a few more bosses in there. Well, that's kind of um, neat. So I, I wish I could have played that one. Yeah, seriously. That it, that's kind of frustrating that you didn't get a chance to do that. No, no. But I mean, that just goes to show you, 2009, the game, the first one came out eight years prior to it, and the 2009. They only release this game in Japan. So, like, you could tell from there how much it's tapered off as oh, worldwide sure. interest in this game series. I'm sure by the seventh one, they probably weren't selling quite as many. God, no. And they, you know, were like, all right, okay, it's, it's, we tapped this well out. Right. Uh, but, uh, Chops, I tell you what, uh, did you want to uh, discuss the music? Yes, I do. Well, let's hear a word from one of our sponsors and we'll be right back. 
Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom so chops. Yes, Craig. I, I have a feeling you're not going to tell me good news. I hate how much I love this soundtrack. Really? I I heard the music and I was like, this is pretty good. Who did this? The music was composed by Akari Kaida, who worked on Breath of Fire 3. Yes. And I was like, son of a gun. I hate that I lost out on this music for so many years. <laughs> I'm so glad that you found it, though. Akari Kaida uh, only worked on uh, a couple of Be- uh, Mega Man Battle Networks, yeah. not the the whole series, like one in seven or something like that. Oh, you know? okay. Uh, but Akari Kaida is the primary uh, composer uh, of Breath of Fire 3, which is one of my favorite soundtracks, one of my favorite games of all time. Mega Man and Bass, Okami, and the Luminous Arc series. Uh, and honestly, I chose out like four to six songs myself and Chops had quite a few. So we, we narrowed it down here. I uh, and so the, the first track I'd like us to listen to is ACDC Town. Oh, yeah. By the way, the town is called ACDC Town. <laughs> Stupid. <name. laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of electri- an electrical gag, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It has nothing to do with the band. I mean, but maybe. No, it doesn't. Uh, So let's go ahead and uh, give ACDC Town a listen. The track is called Hometown. As if like, like the the team in charge of Mega Man Battle Network went to Akari Kaida, and they were like, "Listen, we want you to make a Pokemon song." And Akari Kaida was like, "I mean, yeah, I, I can do that, but it's going to be like pretty much in my own style with just a little bit of Pokemon flair." And they're like, "No, no, no, no that's fine. Do it." <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. It's so good. It, it's catchy. It's repetitive, but it's not like annoying. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. There's there's a bit of depth to the song to make it so it's not just like okay, it's like the same thing over and over. What's yeah. going on? Bum, 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 like Pokemon, da, 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 da. Yeah, very... and that's the single tone that's going mm. on. This has a lot more depth. Granted, it's a it's a better system. Sure, yeah, the that. GBA has a lot more capability compared it, to the, like the original Pokemon. It's of that simplicity in it that just makes it enjoyable to listen to over and mm-hmm. over again. Now, uh, the next track is one that I. Uh, you chose out. This is Electrical Crisis, which yeah. is a Lechman stage. Uh, let's go ahead and give this a listen. This is uh, uh, one of the tracks I had originally chosen out, too, and you were like, oh, I want a Luckman's uh, theme. It was like, yeah. yeah, I can do that for you. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can take care of that for you. No yeah, problem. Sure, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. I don't take it's, care of that. It's so, like, there's danger in the song. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel tension, but it's still a Mega Man song, so I don't feel that like it's weird yeah no absolutely i don't know if that makes sense that's a a track that i felt was fairly reminiscent to some of the more tense uh breath of fire uh three tracks yeah like the battle music yeah to a degree uh that and like just when like you're like in the dungeon and it's like you know there's just a little bit more like you know drama a little bit you know more uh, intensity or whatever but uh here's uh, another one i chose this is uh called running through the cyber world this is number man stage and when i first clicked on this i was like number man this has got to be a terrible song and i heard it and i was like oh why has it got to be so good (laughs) it just isn't fair just isn't fair at all uh so let's go ahead and give this a listen I love Akari Kaida's work so much. I, uh, yeah, I, I just really, really enjoy it. So, it, and, and Akari Kaida's not done that many games. No. So, so 
finding games that Akari Kaida has done that are just blindsiding me is incredibly great. I love it. It, it makes it all more special. It does. It's that limited amount of Akari Kaida and... Even though it's a game that you may not get into, mm-hmm. you can at least appreciate the music. Absolutely. And uh, so we have one final track here that uh, you've chosen out called Net Battle. And this is one of the boss themes of the game. So let's go ahead and uh, give this a listen as well. <laughs> Great one. This one doesn't remind me of, of Breath of Fire 3 quite as much uh, as some of the others do, but it does remind me of Akari Kaida's work in uh, Mega Man and Base. Yes. You know, because uh, Akari Kaida, is, you know, before this game had some experience with uh, the Mega Man series, you know, being a Capcom composer. And so, yeah, I, I mean, Kaida did great work in Mega Man Battle Network. I, I, I have to say, I uh, when you had told me originally you were like how about Mega Man Battle Network I was like I don't want to do this game <laughs> I, so I didn't get into this I don't know anything about it. it it spits in Mega Man's face and I'm looking up info and I'm like okay crummy anime all right okay all right yeah 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 get it get it get it heart of the cards catch them all yeah got it okay <laughs> and then I saw the composer name and I was like Kari Kaida why do I know that name. I think it's familiar. And I brought up their their list, and I was like, Breath of Fire 3. <laughs> and uh, uh, Breath of Fire 3 had two composers. One I don't like quite as much. Akari Kaida is the one that I, I really enjoy. And so, yeah, this is very reminiscent of, of uh, Kaida's work. So, yeah, thank you very much for, for making sure that I could be on this episode. Uh, that was not intentional, but you're welcome. <laughs> I just like this game. Yeah, what are your final thoughts on uh, uh, Mega Man Battle Network? I'm, I'm a big fan of the Mega Man series, sure. and I know that you, you have series that you're in love with. Oh, yeah. And you appreciate almost any version of those series. This is one of those games where, like, if you're a fan of Mega Man, just try it. I think mm-hmm. you'll enjoy it. I know it's not for everybody, but it's like Mega Man Legends. It's like the Zero series. Yeah. It's a change of pace for this series with this character that's iconic and has great history to him. Um, so I think people should give it a shot. It's different. It might be a little dated, but I think you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of it, and you'll get the feeling of Mega Man from it. Yeah. I uh, From my side of things, I mean, I am not for the series <laughs> at all. I, I didn't really get into it. I don't like the style of game. Uh, but at least the music. 
Yeah. At least the music is great, you know. And 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 you know, some of these uh games that we do on Legend of Retro, you know, sometimes that's it's like only saving grace is like the music, you True. know. Uh you and I together did like Sonic 3D Blast where it was right. like, man, this game is not that good. But, but like when music. we got to the music, yeah, it was like, you know, so there's there's so many wonderful games like that where it's like you're at least getting a good soundtrack out of it. But I do think that if you are a fan of Mega Man, especially if you're a fan of like the the RPGs or especially real time uh, RPGs like that worth a worth a look for sure you know if, if you're especially if you have a Game Boy Advance kicking around if you have the ability to play this or like maybe the the advanced player on the GameCube or whatever mm-hmm. you know whatever the case may be I think that it is worth slapping in because uh, I can't imagine it's you know very expensive game I don't think so. I would say play the GameCube version of the game, the Battle Network Network Transmission. Oh, yeah, that's, that's an option, too. That's a really good version on the GameCube that I think people would enjoy. But I don't know that it has a Kari Kaido's music. I don't know. So We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. Uh I'm gonna have to just get like like the discography of like a Kaido. Yeah, compose I, your own like greatest hits album of him. Oh, Wait, why haven't you done this for your favorite artists? That's a good question. Why haven't why I? Why haven't this? you done this? Like, hmm. here's all the works of a Kaido. Here's all the works of uh the Matsu. I don't remember his name. Uematsu. Yeah, Uematsu. <laughs> I appreciate Final you, Fantasy, right? Appreciate that yeah. you totally don't remember Nobu Uematsu's Nobu name. Yeah, who's like one of the most legendary yeah, video I, game composers. But you, you have terrible memories. So. Yes. But no, I think you should do this. It's something I'm going to have to... You could to... do blogs about this. Probably. Yeah. Probably. I, don't, I don't think it'd be very hard for you. For me, probably not. No. I really like video game music. Yeah. I really... I also... The other thing, too, is, is you know, sort of a, a weird little in-depth look into Legend of Retro kind of behind the scenes. When I came onto the show, I wanted to give a lot of hype to some of these composers that don't get a lot of hype. Yeah. People like Akari Kaida, like, you know, you know, okay, yeah, Koji Kondo, Nobuya Matsu, you know, Yasunori Mitsu, so many of these, you know, great video game composers get a lot of hype and everyone loves their work and and they're amazing. But like, you know, what about Akari Kaida who who does Breath of Fire 3 and like nobody talks about it? And, you know, Mega Man and Base and Mega Man Battle Network, all these like, you know, games that like, okay, yeah, people like the soundtracks, but they're not really talking about right. it. Right. So, you know, I that's sort of been one of my goals on the show. Uh, but uh, I tell you what, uh, Chops, let's go ahead and hop on in to our Retro Relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Chops. I don't want to do this. How about instead of this retro relapse, we talk about how, what we hate about the glitch. Perfect. So, one of my greatest things I hate about the glitch uh-huh. is the fact that he owns a Philips CDI. Mm-hmm. The other thing I hate about him is that he made us play Link, the Faces of Evil. Uh, how about just he makes us play these games in general? Yeah, that because all of, of the games we have not liked because they're bad. The CDI has been a huge disappointment. Well, I had to have had standards for it in the first place, I suppose. I would rather play the Virtual Boy every day of my life than play the Philips yes. CDI. And I would not be able to see the color red if, for a while. I have. I, I mentioned in the uh, 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 Virtual Boy Wario Land episode that uh, we've done on Legend of Retro that I traded my vision to be able to play that game. Yeah. And I traded again in a heartbeat yeah. to never have to ever think about 
these Legend of Zelda games on the Philips CDI. It's they're like drug trips. Like the art style is really very weird. weird. And these weird zoom in, zoom outs of them, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. The voice acting is bad. The the cartoons that they draw for these cutscenes, so to speak, are really bad. I mean, just everything about them, the controls. The level design. Yeah. There's just nothing redeeming about it. it well, I will say this. The one redeeming thing is that at least they gave Zelda her own game. That's kind of neat. No, because then it's like it's like saying, like, I can't even think of like a bad example. Like, they gave her her own game to not be enjoyable. Okay, that's true, because Princess Peach got her own game, and it's a really, really sexist game, which is very unfortunate. So, yeah, I guess that's true. So, yeah, there's nothing redeeming. No, about about these these games, you know. They Except did, for the no, there is the cover art. The cover art. Cover art to uh, Link the Faces of Evil and Zelda: The Wand of Gamelon is actually pretty cool. They're, cool. they're it, misleading, but they're cool. It, well, it uses the art from Link to the Past. Yeah, which and, is why it's good. And it's like the similar style of Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons too. Mm-hmm. Remin- yeah, reminiscent yeah. of that for sure. I uh, yeah. So I mean, this game is trash. It was bad. Like, we could barely get past the first screen. Uh, because I mean, if he wants us to suffer, at least he can dish out the money for a real controller. I'm sick of using that remote. That remote is bad. And it's it, what I think just blows my mind is the fact that, like, and he's a collector. So, you know, he's going to get games like this no matter what, or, you know. But, like, Glitch is like, yeah, shelled out all this money for this game for you to play it for, like, five minutes and, and hate. And it's like, oh, great. That's that's swell. I would have rather had you just buy me like a gift card to like Amazon. Right. To Subway. I would have rather eaten Subway. That says a lot. And yeah, I agree. I don't like Subway, (laughs) but I would absolutely rather eat Subway than play Link the Faces of Evil. Yeah. That should be our new standard (laughs) on games that he picks. I would rather eat Subway. (laughs) That yeah, that is that's rough. Because good lord. This game gets a one, a point five. I can't give it a zero because I played it. Yeah, it gets like a point two five. It's just so they're so abysmally bad. If I can go lower than a one, I will absolutely go a half. If I can go lower than a half, I'll go a quarter. quarter. If I can go lower than a quarter, I will. But my God, these games are atrocious. They are so bad. I mean, it. They're just an abomination. That's why people don't know these games. Like, like I don't think who I don't think there's been enough work to erase this from our our memory. Mm-hmm. But there's been a good effort to have these games not be like I would think your typical Zelda fan would not know about these games. Oh yeah, no, I'm gonna, and that's good. That's a good thing. Their ignorance is bliss in this case. They are are video games that were like like just sort of stolen from Nintendo because of contractual obligations. Nintendo foolishly jumped into to bed with Philips and was like, "Hey, let's have a CDI party and like do an add-on for our system." And Philips was like, "Yeah." And then Nintendo was like, "You're doing a horrible job. No, I'm out of here." And Philips was like, "Yeah, but we're still going to have that Zelda and Mario party, right?" And like Nintendo was like, "Uh, no, we're ne- Is that a contract you're waving in front of my face?" And Philips was like, "Yeah." And that's how they did it. 
You know, that's why there's Hotel Mario. It's why there's Link the Faces of Evil and Zelda the Wand of Gamelon. And they thought for sure that that was going to be enough to get people onto their system so that they could then start doing their own thing and, you know, getting third party support or whatever. But their system was trash. And so it goes. Yep. I'm upset. I'm upset as well. So I tell you what. Shops, let's talk about something that's a little bit more fun. Destroying glitches is Philips CDI, a la with Office a, Space style. Yes, in a field with baseball bats. Dang, it feels good to be a gangster, Chops. <laughs> Dang. Uh, no, I was going to say let's talk about our music bracket. Yeah, let's do that instead. Yeah. So we have. I. Uh, this is, I believe. Uh, into the third, third round. round. Yeah, second, this is the third round. Yeah. Second matchup? Second matchup, like I think, yeah. of the third round. And, uh, oh boy. This is going to be a tough one. Oh boy, it's this is really tough. a good matchup. Yeah, this is, this is the two titans of role-playing games for the Super Nintendo going head-to-head. For the Super Nintendo. Yep, so we have... Let me think about this. Mm-hmm. The two titans of the of you role think playing the game. only two titans of the Super Nintendo of role playing games. I would games? say I wouldn't say it's the only. It's I would not say that these are the only two good role playing games because the Super no, Nintendo had nothing no, I but know, good role playing. I, I know games. that, but you mean like these, these are, are the, the two top. titans? Yeah, these are the two best. Okay, for sure. All right. First up is from Final Fantasy VI, the theme of Kefka. Well, you said best. Yeah, it's, it's not the best. Yes, it is. No, no, it's not. You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong and stupid, and I hate you. But it is the best. Fine, whatever. Well, right. I, well, here's the thing. It, it's either this or Chrono Trigger. I I can give a toss up to either. I I would honestly probably lean towards Chrono Trigger as being the better role playing game. Uh, yes. But I I do think that this, it is a very close competition, and the theme of Kefka Palazzo from Nobuyamatsu is an amazingly twisted song and it is so fitting for the villain of this of this game let's go ahead and give it a listen that is most successful in any probably any video game ever. Yeah. Kefka is is horrendously evil. 
is just like evil and insanity incarnate. And uh, and the theme wonderfully reflects that. You know, it's it's incredibly twisted. Uh, the drums and stuff give it that like kind of militaristic feel because, you know, Kefka is technically a part of this evil empire and stuff, you know, and so. It's amazing. However, it is going against Frog's theme from Chrono Trigger. Yeah, like the it greatest is like the, protagonist of the Super it, Nintendo. I mean, he, well, I mean, he won our, our protagonist competition I back know. in season two, season three. One? So one? Season two? One, two, three? One something. Or two? Yeah, something. A while ago. It was, I don't it, remember. It was the BCE era, so. E, what? Uh, before Craig era. Oh, yes. So, yes, yeah, yes. I don't know it as well. Yeah. Uh, Back when I was winning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so uh, this is sort of the opposite of Kefka, whereas Kefka is insanity and evil incarnate. Frog is like valiant heroism. Chivalry. Yeah, chivalry, very knightly. And this theme is composed by another legend, Yasunori Mitsuda, uh, who's done amazing work throughout their entire career. Uh, So let's go ahead and give Frog's theme a listen. I almost feel like this is like a true battle of good versus evil. Like, it is. I feel like if you're choosing Kefka, you're probably evil. Not that I mind that, of course, but uh, I just think that, you know, it's this is sort of like, this is like, I feel like our first like test of morality I, in our competition. I think we know where the hosts of this episode are leading, <laughs> is what you're saying. I mean, let's face it. If, if, if we were going to write a Bible or or Quran or or some type of religious text for an epic tale of the yeah of the legend of retro um you would be the Christ figure and I would be the antichrist I mean to to quote a, a person in our discord who's uh-huh. playing a role playing game right now of um ogre battle right uh oh, tactics ogre tactics ogre sorry tactics ogre he created me and you and a few other people in uh-huh, there. Yeah. Uh, but I am an angel knight and you are a lich king. <laughs> yep. Escape soul. Shout out to escape soul. Shout out to escape soul because I died twice and came back as an angel knight. And you, you didn't get to kill me. Uh, well, I'm working on it. Give me time here. <laughs> You're building your undead army. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I just... I just love evil so much. <laughs> oh God, Craig. Is oh, it boy. so wrong for it is. me? It is very wrong. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Yes. That's fair. Chops, I tell you what, though. 
I would love to tell you about how our fans can vote on this music bracket. Okay, go for it. Thank you. Our fans can jump on our Facebook page for The Legend of Retro, our Twitter account. If you go to GameZillaMedia.com, you have a link for our Discord. You can sign up, join in uh, to the Discord, chat with us there, and every week you're going to get your vote uh, on that pay- or on that method as well. And then finally, for all of our members of Patreon, if you go to Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia and give as little as a dollar a month, you have access to voting on there as well. Uh to top it off, though, uh, for $5 a month, you get even more perks. So for just a dollar for Legend of Retro, you get early access to Retro Relapse videos and the extra vote. However, $5 a month gets you our Game Shark special, uh, where we do a monthly topic or uh, countdown or you know whatever we're just looking to talk about uh, amongst us, uh, the hosts of Legend of Retro. And uh, $5 a month is also getting you access to everything on the GameZilla Media Network. So, you know, behind the scenes bonuses from Noobs and Dragons and GameZilla. You also, of course, have, uh, uh, you know, Smartline and the post credit sequence from uh, Noiseland Arcade and uh, Last Action Podcast. So you're getting a ton of content for just $5 a month. It's a deal. Totally a bargain. And when you become a member, you get all the previous content, too. So it's not even that just what you lot. get going forward. It's what you, we've had up there the whole time. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely a lot of content. I've I've been curious uh, about like, you know, because we have like uh, you were in season one of Noobs and Dragons. I would love to go back through. I want to listen to the old behind the DM screen predictions and yeah, stuff. You yeah. know, see, see how that all went and whatnot. I would love to have a fan be able to go through and listen to season one and follow along and stop and listen to those behind yeah. the DM screens and stuff. That would be a lot of fun. Uh but uh yeah i mean like you know as far as the game shark episodes go i mean we've covered uh tons and tons of different topics things you know heck uh last christmas time uh last december xander and i talked about undertale which is a very yeah. retro inspired game so like you know there's a ton of content there and you know uh a lot of uh just amazing episodes and whatnot but uh chops i think it's probably about time that we uh sign off for the day yeah so thanks for listening to this week's legend of retro podcast thank you to all our patrons and we will see you all next time when the legend continues, continues.